Dave Meltzer here, and check this out. I sat down with Reggie Love, the former body man for Barack Obama, to talk about how the former president helped change his relationship with his parents, the lessons he learned playing on winning and losing teams, and the traits that set people like Barack Obama and Coach K apart from the rest. Stay tuned to hear all of that and more only on The Playbook. This is Entrepreneur's The Playbook, where each week I bring you some of the greatest athletes, celebrities, and entrepreneurs to talk about their personal and professional playbook to success. I'm really excited to be here with Reggie Love. Uh, you were introduced to me through Zach Leonsis. It's a good and, friend. Yeah, he. Yeah. And, but he mentioned your name, and I said, oh my gosh, that's the guy I want to have on the playbook, because I only knew tidbits of the story. And for, for those who don't know about you, Reg, if you want to just give a few minutes yeah. of background, your own brief soliloquy of your successes <laughs> of, of where and what uh, you've done. Well, well first, of all, first and foremost, thank you for having me uh, today, Dave. I appreciate uh, you taking the time to, to be here and to spend the time with me. Uh, look, you know, I can't say that I've had a bunch of successes. I think I've been on a bunch of very good teams. Uh, and I think that's really sort of been... Uh, part of what sort of kept me on a pretty decent trajectory to date, you know. Um, I was a football player uh, growing up and got a scholarship to Duke. Um, you know, in football, we didn't win a bunch. We, you know, lost more than we won for four years. Had a good but streak there, did you? Like 22 losses? Yeah, we did. <laughs> and, you know, and, and I was lucky enough to have a chance to walk on to a basketball team that was coached by Coach K in my freshman year. Shane Battier, obviously, you know, NBA champion and, you know, multiple time uh, uh, player of the year and defensive player of the year in college and just sort of a great role model and teammate. Um, so, you know, I, I was lucky enough to sort of have, to be close to that and to learn from from that and to figure out that, you know, look, there's a lot to be had from being on really good teams, even if you're not sort of the main guy. Um, and I would argue, too, that, you know, from, from playing Duke football, I think I learned so much about myself uh, and so much about my teammates in terms of, you know, it's easy to show up and, and play hard and be excited about what you're doing when you're winning and everybody's telling you you're, you're good and you're great and you're funny and you're tall and you're good looking. You know, when it's the converse of that and like people are telling you, you know, look, you you're should Dave be. Meltzer. <laughs> <laughs> you're not tall, you're not good looking. I, I am funny, at least some people tell me that, but go ahead. <laughs> now yeah. you're my life, this is good. Yeah. So I, I think it, it, it uh, so for that to have happened, to have that juxtaposition at a young age, I think was really helpful in sort of understanding like what it actually takes to be, to be resilient. Um, and I think, <clears throat> um, Resiliency for me is probably has been the thing that has allowed me to be a part of really good organizations and um, and be on really good teams where you know you're not the main guy, you're kind of the guy that's like you know setting the screen, diving on a loose ball, yeah. finding lunch or grabbing water <laughs> or carrying luggage or you know whatever that sort of small integral part is. Uh, and I think over time, you know, even though everyone's roles are different, uh, the relationships and the connectivity that you build from being on a part of a team, I think is, you know, it's, 
not comparable to anything else. And it's, it's interesting because I, I come from that same background where my goal was to make the team, <laughs> right? Which is different, right? Yeah. I, I, I ran the most notable sports agency. So most of the guys that I represent, I market the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Most yeah. of those guys, it wasn't making the team they were thinking about. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's a certain property of, of these great uh, athletes that they're, you know, what school am I going to get a scholarship to? And this could happen as early as the eighth grade. Yeah, and, even and, earlier sometimes these days, you know. Yeah, and it's, you know, when you're five foot seven and 147 pounds, it's, am I going to make the team? Yeah. Right, at every level. But as you know, you talk about persistence and you talk about consistency. You know, there's these characteristics that come out to someone that almost overachieves by making the best teams. Yeah. And, no. and you've been on the best team and you utilized radical humility to really not mention the biggest team you're on. Because <laughs> it's my hero. I went to Occidental College and yeah. the, we had some real notable graduates at Occidental, as yeah. you probably know, right? Jack Kemp, Jim Mora. Oh, of course. Some uh, great guys. Terry Gilliam, Dave Meltzer, but Vance <laughs> Mueller. But President Obama went there for a couple of years. Yeah. And no. that's the biggest team you've been on, right? Yeah. I, you know, look... Um, and I always say, too, like, I started working for Barack Obama when he was a junior senator from Illinois. And <laughs> the idea of him, like, even being president seemed to be, you know, a possibility maybe in, like, 2022 or 2020, you know, like, some, like, far-off yeah. distant time in the future. Um, and so, and, and I think the sociological experiment of a guy named Barack Hussein Obama running for president, building an organization, a national organization from scratch, um, raising money from Everyone. all across the U.S., and, you know, essentially having an election where you had the highest participation rate of voters that we'd had in the history of our country. That in itself, I think, is just one of the best experiences I could have ever had because ultimately you're on a team in which you're putting everything on its head and the guy who's running the show is a guy who, you know, either you really, really believe that this thing is possible or you don't. And, and for me personally, you know, you know, I thought I think there's something amazing about being a part of something that makes you hopeful. Yeah, you know, me and too. about being a part a part of something that's a little bit different, that's a little uh, outside of the box, that has the best intentions for uh, the most amount of people at heart. Um, you know, it's like one of those things where, um, you know. It's like you have your cake and eat it too. And in most scenarios, you, you, you just don't get it. And I think that's part of the reason why a guy like Barack Obama was able to attract so many people from so many different sectors to come and be a part of his team. You know, I, I was actually talking with a friend the other day. One of the co-founders of Facebook left Facebook to come and like be like our uh, social media, digital <laughs> media expert, right? Yeah. For basically pennies on the dollar, right? And um, that's special. What do you 
think you know. I, I've learned and I coach people to always have mentors, surround yourself with the right people and the right ideas. And eventually, it, it actually elevates, I believe, your own vibration or your own enlightenment. When you surround yourself with extraordinary people like President Obama, like the founders of <laughs> Facebook, like others that were yeah. in, in your organization, like Coach K, who I also have been blessed to be around. And, you know, he vibrates at a different speed, right? And, and you're bound to pick up things that then, you know, as you left the White House, you then go ahead and go to Wharton Business School, the best of all. And I would have loved, I'm, you know, help out with admissions to my college and my law school. I'd love to see a recommendation letter. Because, <laughs> I, 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 you know, people joke around, they're like, oh my God, Dave Belcher and Warren Moon wrote you, you know, you're at these colleges. How can you imagine? Uh, Wait, who is this? Right, you <laughs> yeah. go right to the top. It it it, it definitely helped. did. He actually write you a recommendation letter to the president. He did. That I did have so a letter cool. of recommendation from the president for me to go to business school. That is um, really cool. It it definitely. Um, well, if you if you saw my uh, <laughs> if you saw my scores on the GMAT, I I needed a good letter of recommendation. That's all right, man. <laughs> it's not what you do. Yeah. That's um, awesome. So, uh, but yeah, I think you're. I do think. You know, you're you're spot on that um, if you surround yourself with really good people, that it does. But I think it takes a certain a level of confidence, right? Uh, you've got to have somebody that's okay, not being the smartest guy on everything in the room, right? You know, and if you're okay saying, look, you know what, I may not know the the most here, but I'm happy to learn about it. I'm happy to try to get as smart as I can on it. Uh, but ultimately, I want to be around people who are really smart and are really open-minded about different topics, and that's everything from, you know, the financial stability of the economy to foreign policy to even even to your operations of personnel, what, how, who you're hiring, where you're going to get, you know, talent at the senior level, at the middle management level, and at the early stage level. Um, and I think that's a hard thing to do because... You know, especially in the sports world, we're always told that we need to project strength and mm -hmm. that we are, you know, the alpha male and that we can, if we persist, we will get it done, you know. But, you know, sometimes it's okay to say, look, you know what, I don't have all the answers today, but I'm going to work on it. So you and I have this in common, right? We, we're kind of that guy's guy, right? When I was, it was always... Lee Steinberg's, you know, that's Lee Steinberg's guy, or that's right. Warren Moon's partner. Right. I, until I started this internet thing of building my own brand, I don't think anyone knew my first name, <laughs> let alone my last name. I did get, you know, hey, the short Jewish guy, yeah. and you were the chief of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I got, or, you know, you're that guy that plays basketball with Obama, or you're the guy that runs Secret Service for Obama. <laughs> you're like, yeah, yeah whatever. It's or all you're good. the guy that went to Duke. You, yeah. you, play, you played yeah. right, with these yeah. guys. And yeah. He won a national championship. I got to play a little bit. I think Boozer got hurt, right? Yeah, I, he did. I'm, I'm a huge Duke fan, especially after I met Coach K. Thank you, man. And if if I, you know, the the schools that is top of top. So I have a question though, because what personality trait? If you look at exceptional beings, and, and I'm going to take two that I love, Coach K and President Obama, okay. what personality traits do they have that you see in all great men and women that you meet? Yeah, I mean, look, I think that is definitely one of the unique perspectives I've been able to have, right? Where, you know, I've sort of worked for or worked with these two guys who basically are been the at the top the of the game of, what, in the world. of what they do. Now, you know, I always joke because, 
you know, like I, I would say that in the world of like Duke basketball, it's like not a democracy. There's no Congress. There's no Senate. <laughs> right. It's just like, you know, there is like the Duke way and like that's the way. Um, and so, you know, I think that Barack Obama, I think, has been very good at bringing people together to, you know, that have different points of views, different angles, different needs, you know, and sort of making people feel good about not getting everything that they want, you know, like true diplomacy, yeah. you know, and obviously you see less and less of that, um, you know, here in our current state of uh, the political environment. But um, but when you look at where Barack Obama and uh, Mike Krzyzewski overlap, I honestly think one of the biggest things and I think it's also one of the biggest things for me is that, you know, both of those guys, like, they basically, there isn't one thing that they would ask someone else to do that they wouldn't do themselves or haven't done themselves before in the past, you know? And so whether or not that's like, go like knock on a door on a Saturday afternoon for five hours or take a charge in the middle of the pain against a guy who's, you know, 6'10", you know, 250 pounds, it's like, the their leadership comes from their ability to understand the perspective of what it is they need everyone on the team to do in order to be successful um and and they work tirelessly you know they they are the guys who they're up all night watching tape reading briefings making phone calls doing whatever it is they need to do in order to be prepared to have whatever edge they can have for the next day at work. Um, and I, I remember the day that- You're not playing uh, golf all the time. <laughs> <laughs> look, man. Those rumors yeah. aren't true, told yeah. you. Yeah, well look, uh, I would say that, uh, you know, if you were to make just some sort of um, hypothetical comparisons to uh, 44 and 40, the 44th president and the 43rd president, uh, the 44th president spent less time on the golf course than days spent at the ranch in Texas. Um, but that's just like, you know. Yeah, I get it. Uh, Interesting, because um, I'm looking at one thing, and most people wonder behind the scenes. I've never met President Obama. I did get to share a lot of time with Coach K. And, you know, I believe that certain people vibrate faster. But the thing that seems to me that those are two really good people. They seem to do good, they, in the simplest forms of being people. They're extremely intelligent. They're, they're like, one trait that I have that they had was, I cannot work you. And, and I got the sense from Coach K and I get it from Obama that, look, I may not be the most intelligent, but I am a tireless worker. I will, yeah. and that's how I made the teams that I made. That's how I got to play in college and do the things that I did was I just stayed steady. But they also, beyond this work ethic, they just seem like good people. Yeah. Give me some insight on yeah. that yeah. type of character because I think it goes, I think underestimated that, hey, good guys win. Yeah. And they seem like two good guys that are real winners. Yeah, I mean, I, I would argue that, um, one, I think they both have, you know, a motor, right? And I think, especially Coach K, right? I mean, the guy played basketball at a competitive level and not, you know, a big guy, not the fastest guy. 
Uh, the same for Barack Obama, played basketball, wasn't the biggest, wasn't the fastest. Uh, but in terms of being, in terms of how they are as human beings, um, you know, I think when I, when I really think back about it, there are two things about Barack Obama that really sort of highlight that for me. Um, and then I think the one thing about Coach K uh, that highlights it for me, and I'll start with that, is that Coach K really, you know, cares about the development of the kids that come to the program. Uh, you know, Coach K has this thing every year called K Academy, and he brings back former players, and the player, the former players are coaching, you know, campers that are 35 years and older that are coming for this fantasy experience. And when you, and so, and so I have like a level of connectivity with guys that I never played with because Coach K has been there for so long. Same university, same job, same title, hasn't gone to the league, hasn't switched schools, hasn't. And I think ultimately he cares about the brand of the university and he cares about the development of the kids that come to the program who are now men and some of them are young men or some of them are still kids. And, but, when, <laughs> <laughs> but when you look at that, when, when you look at uh, the type of young men uh, that have turned into such a wide range of, uh, of you know, everything from analysts to coaches to hedge fund managers to, you know, venture capitalists. Like, there's just such a large range of guys that have, that, not aren't that are not necessarily where they are today only because of Coach K, but have had that influence on their own individual development as young men. I think that's like, you know, and I, and I think it's easy as a coach to be caught up in just your wins, you yeah. know? And because ultimately people get paid for wins. Yeah, the one and done thing, I could see it on his face. It was like it almost killed him that he had to put up with it because his ultimate vision was to mature a legacy that was far beyond just you going to the NBA. Right, and, right. But he also knows a brand needs to win. And in the reality of today, he has to allow some conundrum to have. Yeah. If you don't recruit them, you're just going to play against them twice or three or four times a year because yeah. they're in the marketplace. Um, and then you lose your credibility. Now, what about Obama as a good person? Yeah, and, and I think, and I actually would say less uh, about him as a president. Not that he was not, you know, a nice guy as a president, but I think, you know, there were two really impressive things that I always thought about him. One was like how he looked at like being a father. Um, you know, I would always say that he was like a father first and president second. Cool. Um, you know, he was the guy that was like, look, I'm going to be home for dinner. I'm going to go to the rec league games. I'm going to coach the teams. Like, I'm going to do all these things. Uh, you actually should check this out. There's a great picture on, in Pete Souza's book of, of him coaching uh, Sasha's team, you know, the head coach had to be away because something came up and, you know, we'd, and he would go to the practices because he was like, look, I want my kids to be developed and I want to spend the time with them. And so, you know, we always laugh. There's nothing more satisfying than seeing like nine-year-olds run the pick and roll. <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah. really, really satisfying. That's cool. Uh, and, and I would say, you know, how he always, uh, put family and professional development um, in front of his own needs as a boss. You know, oftentimes you're dealing with people who are leaving to go to get their MBAs or to law school or going to another job. And 
you know, off, and sometimes you can leave an organization and a person be like, I can't believe you're leaving me. Yeah. You know, I, this I is like terrible for me. That is not my goal. I get that. I and, love that. And he would always say, you know, look, I understand that. That'll be, I think that will be really good for you. And I think he truly believes that, like, if the people from his team and people from his world do well today, that ultimately his brand and his team does well in the, in the, in the long run. Uh, what, what's the best piece of advice? I get this about Lee and Warren and, and other mentors I've had, but what's the best piece of advice President Obama gave you? Um, I would say he's given me some really good advice over the years. And I think the place where he probably changed my mind in the sense of, you know, because when you're in your mid-20s, you don't really think about what happens in the end, you know, for you, for your parents, for your siblings. And, um, you know, and I was like really upset with my mom about like tickets for like the inauguration and, (laughs) you know, and he said, and it was the day after the inauguration, first day in the White House. And he says to me, he goes by and he goes, you know, I have not, I didn't see your parents. You know, I saw a bunch of people in the last like two days, but I, I didn't see your parents. He says, did they come? And I was like, yeah, no, 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 my parents are here. They're here. And he goes, he goes I, well, I would love to just, you know, say hello to him and say thanks for you. And I had said to him, I said, I don't know, man. My mom and I, we're in a fight right now, like really like in a fight. And he goes, yeah, but, you know, he said, still have him come by. And I was like, and I said, sir, I was like, this is going to make it really, he goes, I'm just not going to invite my parents by because this is, I'm trying to work. We're in a thing, and like I just want to. And this is well, look, you know, I'm the president of the United States, and I want to see your parents. So <laughs> you're gonna invite best. your parents over here because yeah. I want to say hello to them. <laughs> and and so I did, and he says to me, you know, after they come, and he's like really nice to them, and Michelle says hello to them, and you know, there's this great photo of you know of them in the Oval Office, and um, and he goes, you know, that wasn't so hard, was it? And I was like. No, it wasn't. He goes, you know, look, he said, my mother's not here. And, you know, I would do anything to be able to have, you know, another moment with her. And he says, you're probably too young to understand that this thing doesn't always go as long as you think it's going to go. And so uh, it has helped me sort of understand that, you know, my parents are young. They're like, at that point in time, they were up, I think they were 60 or late 50s. Thank and, you, man. That's young. And, uh, That's good. <laughs> I'm 50, so. And so, I, and so that has, like, always given me the perspective to, like, appreciate and enjoy every day with your friends and with your family. Because ultimately, even when you're mad, even when you're, something, things going crazy, it's just, you know, look, it's, it's not that bad. Yeah. You know. I, I, I love that. And I believe there's a philosophy of getting to center. And a lot of people react could be the difference between administrations right now. You know, some people don't think and react, and react, and there's these seven breaths of Buddha that allow you, when you're in an argument with your mom or whatever it is, the first step that I see people like President Obama, even Coach K, they take a step back to center, Yeah. right, yeah. before they react. And, right. and I've, later on in my life, took on that strategy. Now, as we come to a close, you know, I, I love the legacy of President Obama, but you've done extraordinary well for a guy that's just a team player. You know, you're, you're, you're like the sixth man in life, which I love. And uh, you have a great job, you, you know, great organization, a great team with Transatlantic. And, you know, I know the organization well. I manage $8 billion or something in money. And, but you help people. Right, it, yeah. it is a socially conscious com- company yeah. and around the world, not just in the United yeah. States. Um, but you're still young, 
you have this extraordinary background, you meet influential people and you influence influential people. What legacy do you want to leave when it's all said and done? Yeah, I mean, I think that in, um, I think there's two things that are really important to me. Um, and, you know, I think mainly is I, I moved to D.C. I was 22 years old. I didn't know anyone. There was no book. There was no manual. There was no. And so I kind of just like stumbled through a lot of it. And I think I got really lucky in some of these stumbles and whatever. Um, but ultimately, I always say that, you know, like my door is like always open. Like if like I will spend, you know, half an hour, 30 minutes, 20 minutes with anybody, you know, because, you know, I always think that. Thank goodness. That's why uh, you're here. <laughs> <laughs> I got him on my podcast. He's a man of his word. Uh, and I, but no, because like I, you know, I can remember the few people who were kind enough to me to give me 10 minutes or give me 30 minutes, give me their thoughts and their advice. Uh, not to say that I know everything, but sometimes just to hear another perspective from someone else who's had a journey, you know, like, you know, my, I've had great parents, but, you know, I'm like the first kid in my family to play college sports, the first kid in my family to live in D.C. and to work in politics and to go get their MBA. And so, you know, I've often had to lean on people that weren't inside, you know, the love household to, to get a perspective or to get help or guidance on things. And so I think that's like one thing, you know, the saying is if you take the elevator success up, you know, never, don't forget to send it back down for someone else. And so like, I'm like a big believer in that. And, you know, and I think, you know, I have, I, my parents are, they've been together for, you know, almost, uh, 45 years and they've been, uh, great spouses to one another and great parents. And, you know, I think that that is sort of, um, you know, I think that's my biggest challenge to be as good of, of a spouse and a good husband and a good father, you know, the way my parents were. Uh, yes. And so, like, yeah, I think if I can do that, you know, I think you'll everything else will kind of take care of itself. I love that. Well, that's my favorite question of the playbook. And I think you have a legacy of productivity and accessibility. <laughs> and uh, beyond Thanks. trying to live up to what I think is a major accomplishment for anyone staying happily married and supportive of your family after 40 some years. I've been doing it 20, but it's been more one-sided. It's all my wife and her patience and understanding. <laughs> hey, look, you're halfway there, man. Congrats, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, you know, when you have a blind and deaf wife, it's easy to stay married. <laughs> I'm a smart guy. I look for my strengths. Uh, anyway. Uh, what a pleasure to have you on. We'll have to do this again. I, yeah. I definitely want to Four-year anniversary. Yeah, that's right. Well, no, before that, man. We're going go to go to the Laker game. I'm sitting in court, so I want to learn do it. about the inside scoop of basketball next. All right, let's do it. I always wanted to be the commissioner. But uh, I'm here with Reggie Love. This is Dave Meltzer with Entrepreneur, The Playbook.